0: Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. I'm always, as always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my work at joehaggerty.substack.com. Join up for a premium membership, uh, and you'll get all of my NHL and Bruins writing sent straight to your inbox uh, with me. Uh, as always, uh, friend and colleague, Mick Collagio. Mick, tell everybody where they can find your stuff.
1: Uh, every Sunday on bostonhockeynow.com, I, I do a column to compliment Jimmy Murphy's work there on that site, um Hags alumnus <laughs> and uh, i do uh, my blog I, on game nights i blog live from the bruins uh, home games at uh, rinkrapmc.com. link to it on x twitter and facebook and um and i also appear in the seasonal issues of the hockey news
0: there you go and i should mention i also uh, write columns for the boston sports general uh, you can actually check out something i wrote um today up there uh, I talked to Patrice Bergeron for a good half hour yesterday just about uh, Brad Marchand, and um, his thousandth game and also uh, I'm going to be writing about it this weekend some of the you know just how retirement is going for Bergie and what some of his thoughts are on uh, it settling in now that it's been a while so uh, look look forward to that uh, writing that I hope you look forward to reading that uh, let's also thank our sponsors uh, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, fresh, never-frozen meals, ready in two minutes. You just pop them in the micro. Um, Chef-made, uh, dietitian approved delicious meals, very good. Uh, and also FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, this, the Super Bowl is over. All the prop bets are over. Uh, it was a good game. Uh, it, Patrick Mahomes uh, did the Brady thing and ended up coming back and finding a way to win at the end. But there are still all kinds of things you can bet on at FanDuel Sportsbook. Wager on uh, the NBA and the NHL are in full swing. So uh, what you need to do is is join um, FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app. It's super easy to use. Uh, if you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins at FanDuel Sportsbook. So visit... FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. uh, America's number one sports book and the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS network, FanDuel Sportsbook. So thank you very much to them. All right, Mick. um, Bruins lose three to two in the shutout and a shootout to Tampa Bay. Um, Obviously a much better game than we saw uh, the game prior against Washington. And, and, you know, a couple games before that against Calgary, it was a nice bounce back effort where I thought they deserved to win and played well enough to win. Uh, having lost three to two, Marshan plays in his thousandth game uh, gets a long ovation uh, during a video montage in the first period, kind of announcing and commemorating his milestone. Uh, he looked really emotional uh, during the national anthem, kind of looking around in the stands, taking uh, it all in and then sort of embracing and enjoying the moment. And, 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 I think that's something that all of us, as we get older, do more, you know, and I think he's a 35 year old guy that's been around for a while, knows he's not going to play forever. And so you start to sort of smell the roses and look around a little bit and, and savor those great moments or those things that happen there. I, I would imagine, I would imagine there was also a feeling of kind of looking around and realizing uh, there's no David Krejci, no Zidane O'Chara, no Patrice Bergeron, like, uh, you know, a lot of his compatriots and the guys that he played with for a long time are gone. And he's now the guy sort of leading the way and getting to hitting the milestones and, and getting all the career sort of things uh, that you get when uh, you've played more games than you're going to play um, in the future. Um, just your thoughts on the night, um, the game, uh, Brad Marshan's accomplishment, just all that stuff. What Would you take out of last night's game? Um,
1: they looked engaged. They looked like they wanted to play for, for Marshan. They, yep. I think they, you know, they obviously didn't want to disappoint their captain. Um, so the intensity was back. Um, it's obviously a tough slog at this time of the season, they're manufacturing energy, whereas other teams have bring, come into the building naturally uh, generating it from their desperation, either yep. as players or as teams. And uh, the Bruins had something to play for last night, and um, it was nice to see the response. I always get really disappointed whenever, I mean, the Lightning have been their daddy for so long yeah. that uh, I mean, you go back to '11 for the last time the Bruins were their daddy, and and that was by the skin of Krejci's to Horton's teeth. Yeah. So so um, so yeah, it was great to see. Uh, great to see Marsh and. Um, you know, he credits Bergeron for helping him mature as a person and all of this talk they throw around and flower bouquets of flowers they toss back and forth. It's all true because Marchand, even amidst the disappointment of the flat performance uh, Saturday against the Capitals, our pal Kevin DuPont um, threw Martian a question to switch gears about approaching this game. And his response was excellent. It, it, you yeah. know, he he. There's the context of the moment of what just happened on the ice, and there's the context of the season, and there's the context of your career, and and he just, just seems so present and able to engage. And I think that's really speaks to his ability as a captain and the right leader for this team uh, and the go-to guy uh, because he has those sensibilities.
0: And it would tip, typically and typically for Marchand Defiant in the way he kind of answered it too, which is him, you know, like um, a, there was the answers to the questions after that game about, you know, are you worried or concerned? And he's like, I'm not concerned. We're fine. Like it was that, that was great leadership. I thought that was just, you know, there's no panic here. We're okay. Yeah. It's a couple of bad losses. Like he's been through this before. He understands exactly what kind of a stretch that they're in, that it's going to be up and down. It's going to be kind of boom or bust. And, right. again and again. But then when they got the, they got to your question, uh, the dupes question that you're talking about, I kind of loved his attitude of like, you know, this was used to be a goal. And as I started to approach it, it wasn't really a goal anymore to hit a thousand games because I knew I was going to get there barring an injury Now it becomes playing in 13, 14, 1500 games. Now it becomes playing in the Olympics in 2026. Now it becomes winning another Stanley Cup. Now it becomes, you know, looking, being present, but also having goals of things he wants to attain that are going to be much more difficult. But things- As a
1: dad, you can think of your kids and think of what he was saying about, I want my kids to see that. Yes. You know, I'm playing for that
0: now. Yes. So all of that, I thought- it was
1: awesome. And he's awesome.
0: You know, so. <laughs> and that, no, you really,
1: know, really, I'm totally on the Marsham bandwagon. Not that it took me a long time to get there. i always loved him as a player. Even when he was on the Black Aces at the and during the 2010 playoffs in Philadelphia. I loved how he embraced his role on the team and yep. practice with Timmy Thomas and and all that was going on. Um, you think to yourself, hypothetically, man, what if they had put him in at that point? He what was if they ready found
0: a way to get him, put him in instead of Trent Winfield. Yeah. I've, I've thought about that before. Secret sure. to
1: My success. Hey, Whitfield, you know, God bless him. He had a breakaway that would have won that would have ended the series <laughs> yes. and, and uh, didn't go in. And um, who knows if my would have ever been in the same skates, but uh, you know, Hey, they won the next year. So I guess that's all that matters.
0: Let's thank our sponsors. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, get your buckets with your first bet on FanDuel because the NBA is in full swing. Uh, Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is incredibly easy to use uh, and bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, so much more. Visit Fanduel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. That is right. Get down with the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS network, Fanduel, and visit Fanduel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. Mass, 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after a street restrictions receipt restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com gambling help line ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24/7 support play it smart from the start gamesense.ma.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234 and last you know last night is just as far as the game goes i thought it was also just a great um microcosm of who brad marchand is uh showing up and having a great game and in a milestone big you know stage type thing for him that that goal that jvr scored um that tied up the game that was all marchand that was him finding a way to get through a couple of guys up by the high blue line just not giving up continuing to like Not give up on the play and try to make something out of it, attacking with speed and his edges and everything else. And then it turns into him getting that shot and JVR pops in the rebound. But that, like, that whole, like, possession, that whole play, everything that happened in that sequence where they scored, that was number 63 making something happen out of nothing. Mm that happen so many times with him when there's defenders all around him somehow he gets out of it with the puck and it looks like he's going to lose it a couple of times but he finds a way to get it back in and make something happen
1: the zone entry seemed like a five percent chance
0: yeah and and that was
1: unbelievable and he handcuffs
0: an all-world goalie with the shot uh and, and that turns into jbr scoring on the rebound but like you know, that play and that sequence was Brad Marchand, vintage Marchand at his best. Yeah, and okay. it was awesome to see that in a game that meant so much to him and where it was about him, frankly, for a lot of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, being old enough to be some of these hockey players' grandfather, I I I tend now to have morphed in my life to a point where I'm more happy for them than I am for myself when they win. <laughs> I'm I'm okay. thinking more like, you know, I'm happy for him – after double labrum in his mid thirties to go through a whole season where he doesn't feel quite right and then come back and achieve who he is at the soul of his, of his game as a hockey player. I'm happy for him, uh, you know, to see that I'm happy for the team that it happened, Uh, you know, so good for Marsha good for, good for the Bruins, Uh, you know, Hey, uh, you know, good tie last night. It's a T in my standings.
0: Yeah, no, it, that was a good game, a playoff-style game against a really uh, quality opponent. Um, you could tell both sides really wanted it bad. I mean, I thought <laughs> I thought uh, Kucherov was going to go cuckoo in the third period. He was really getting frustrated, slamming his sticks on the boards, breaking them. Like, uh, he was... Uh, he did
1: that last time they played in Boston. It was hilarious. It was because of Marchion.
0: Yes. It drove him crazy. But, like, I, and, and then Cooper mentioned this after the game that, like, he always knows whenever the Lightning and Bruins play each other, it's going to be a really fun game to coach, and it's going to be high intensity, and they want to beat each other, and they really get up for those games. So, yeah, like, regardless of whether Martians, uh, it was his 1,000th game or not, I, I think they would have come out with a good effort uh, against that team. And, and it also, it, it did make me think last night when I was watching that game, is this like a potential first round playoff match? Uh, you know, it's something we're going to see uh, when the Bruins are trying to get out of the Atlantic division bracket. And uh, I think there's a very realistic chance it, it could happen. And to your point about them being the Bruins daddies in recent playoff history, it's absolutely right. But let's face it. This is also not the same Tampa Bay lightning team that won back-to-back cups.
1: Yeah. And- <laughs>
0: No, <laughs> so, and and they've still got some of the guys, obviously. But Hedman's a little older now. Stamkos is a little older now. Kucherov is actually at the top, obviously at the top of his game. Braden Point's still an, an incredibly strong player. You know, Vasilevsky was good last play. night. Thirty-six saves. Vasilevsky like stole that game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, um, but um, you know, it's it, so they're a worthy opponent, but. I think they're at at a point now where that's also a beatable opponent for the Bruins. If they saw, well,
1: let's watch the deadline. They're always proactive. I got them in the sweepstakes. I think that even, even if, you know, the cap doesn't look like it can be done for them, I can't see them standing pat. They never do. They're the team that goes out and gets the guy that I think the Bruins should get. And I think that's going to happen again. Now. I just don't know if it's Tanev or Hannafin, but, I think it's going to happen. The
0: Tampa Bay Lightning are going to get Noah Hannafin?
1: or Tanev. I think somehow they're going to they're going to do something. They might they're going to come TANF. away. They're going to come up with a significant get to replace Sergeyev. It's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, and like, like, let's be honest. I think it was what was it? Dave Nonis was at the game last night. Um, I think that's something worthy of of noting uh, that you know the Calgary Calgary Flames had several people at that game last night. Watching both the Lightning and the Bruins and scouting them. And I, you know, they're they're obviously going to be part of the arms race, uh, with Calgary looking to trade off some pieces. Um, so all that is gonna be interesting. Um yeah, I, I mean, what has have I don't think I've talked to you about them the them struggling in those two losses. Did you have much concern about um the losses to Calgary and Washington and the way they looked? Coming out of the All-Star break, did that set off any, like, alarm, alarm bells or warning signs with you?
1: Well, two teams on the ice, and I've been quoting the crap out of Andrew Raycroft ever since he said this is a tough time of year for the Bruins because everybody's getting up for them. Yeah. And everybody is, is either desperate to trying to – and everybody who plays is either trying to win first place, trying to make the playoffs, or playing for their careers in the NHL. Well, And, and, people and Calgary outworked them. Calgary was just – they were tough.
0: People forget too, Mick, that like when they won the cup in 2011, the Bruins, when they got all the way to the Cup Finals against Chicago in 2013, this is the time of the year where they started like wildly swinging back and forth between winning and losing games. Yeah. Remember, Claude called them Jekyll and Hyde in 2000. Yes. going yeah. down the stretch yeah. because they wouldn't show up at times, right? And win games, but like they're in the same boat as that those teams where they know they're going to be in the playoffs. You know, yeah. they, at this point in the year, teams are looking at them to to measure themselves against them. And it's hard for them to, as you said, manufacture urgency, manufacture whatever uh, against, you know, night after night. Some nights they're going to be able to do it. And other nights you're going to see them flat as a pancake against a team like the Capitals. It's, it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Hand urgency can never stand up to the real thing. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, organic, organic farmed urgency. <laughs> It's sustainable and and grows. Anyway, yeah, I, I that's how I felt about Calgary. I just felt like yeah, were they awful? Eh, it was flat, but but in disappointing in that regard. I felt bad for all the fans who who probably trying to get tickets last summer and thought, oh, here's my big chance. They let everybody walk. I'll finally get to go to my first Bruins game. And and who knows how many hundred dollars they're out. And they show up and get a dud. And then the Capitals, I saw the Bruins starting to really try to get back in that game. And every time they did, I saw the pride on the Capitals bench there. That's a that's a banged up, rickety old uh, geriatric (laughs) uh, group there. That's just got holes all over the place and shadow of their championship selves from how many years ago is it now? Six Uh, and uh, and staying together too long. And because they're hogtied to Ovechkin's chase of Wayne Gretzky. And, and the result of all of that is, is that they get in a game against the Bruins. They lucked their way into a, into a situation. They realized, started to believe and they played with pride and they got, they got better as the game went. And when it was over, I went down the hallway to visit his end to find Scotty Allen, my, uh, my old uh, compadre from New Bedford area. He's coached in the minors for about a thousand years and has been an assistant on the capitals since peter laviolette was there yeah and and uh he was positively giddy you know i mean just to be happy for the guys in that room to have something good happen in their season and for anybody coming into boston and getting a w against the bruins that's how they felt about it and you know good for them i mean they did they deserved the win
0: And uh, the Bruins fans, I did, I agree with you. I felt bad uh, for the Bruins fans that forked over big money for that game against the Capitals because I just thought, you know, the Bruins had four shots on net in the first and second period and (laughs) did not show up in that game. uh, For for, Anthony
1: Richard with the five minutes left in the first period, I think. Yeah,
0: for large portions of it, but they did get to see history, Mick. They did get to see Alex Ovechkin pass Wayne Gretzky in that game. You know that, right?
1: Um, no, no, I don't. <laughs> hey,
0: he really that empty net goal that he got at the end. He surpassed Wayne Gretzky for like the all-time NHL leader for empty net goals, Alex Ovechkin. So he did oh, okay. uh, Wayne Gretzky uh, in some form or fashion for a record uh, where Bruins fans at least got to see some history in that empty net, uh, that history. The, the
1: way it's going, that's the only way he's going to pass him.
0: <laughs> so, that's right. It's true.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check.
0: There was a lot to to sort of peel through uh from that game last night. I guess the other thing that the major thing that stands out um is the power play, which has been struggling lately. Uh went 0 for six in that game last night. And really I think that's Vasilevsky being as dominant as he was. I mean, that that save he made on Marshan all by himself in overtime right in front of the net was amazing. Um and uh the power play is the other part of it, too, that factored into the win or loss in that game. They went 0 for 6. They had chances. Um, and an aside, uh, which I wrote about a little bit, the, I was also uh, amazed by how pissed off the Lightning players were every time they were getting called for tripping penalties. There were obvious tripping penalties. And the Hegel
1: were, one was hilarious.
0: They were flipping out on the refs, and you'd watch the replay, and you're like, what exactly are they complaining about here? Hegel went, Hegel
1: like, went nuts, and, and yet he – he literally put his stick in Martian skates tripped yes. him it was so textbook obvious and, and Cernak too it
0: was a sweep check where his stick got in posture yeah, that kick. that, that was cool more like larry
1: bird doing an up fake and then jumping in on the guy and going to the line i but mean he, he still got his stick I mean, in his pasta, pasta, pasta. Make... he did what anybody would do yeah. the sweep check was there he made he sure on he the went stick. over his
0: stick and, and, he and stepped and, on the you know, stick and wiped out. You know, the defender
1: is culpable in that case. If you yes. make that play as a D-, D man and you don't get the puck first, then then I'm um, sorry. If the skater finds your your stick, yeah. Uh, however, intentional. As long as he doesn't dive when he does it, then you go into the box. That's that's yep. the price of making that play, uh, potential. So.
0: But but the Bruins are um, hey, 0 for 6 on the power play and struggling as of late. And the penalty kill has been struggling as of late as well. The special teams struggles in both directions, but more so the power play we, we're talking about after the Tampa Bay game. Any concern there? Anything that you think? Yeah,
1: yeah, I do have concern there. Um, I just find that they're trying to be too neat, too technical, too pretty, and going for perfection – and and when uh, the perfect play, the perfect setup, those are going to come and there's going to be stretches in which they don't. And when they're not, you have to have a B game. And the B game on the power play to me is bodies to the net, crash and burn, make some noise, do some things that that upset the PK and and uh, and have some game that is something less, something more than just, trying harder and harder to find that perfect formula to make that play that you drew up in the room. I mean, uh, I think Martian is the perfect player to improvise. I think McAvoy, even though he's not a great power play player, uh, he is a really good on-ice improviser. Yeah. So I want to see improvisation. I want to see um, less of the technical... Pursuit and a little more of the chaotic pursuit, you know. I mean, be more like Sugar Ray Leonard when he knew he was losing to Tommy Hearns on points, and <laughs> and come out there and just blitz him and see what happens. He was going down, or Hearns was going down, and Leonard won. He had to car DM to make that happen. That's why he was a great a great champion. As pissed off as I was about the Hagler fight. Uh, well,
0: th- what you're talking about is what the way the Bruins' power play was when Tori Krug was running the point, where they would constantly change positions, be moving around be unpredictable, you know, do things yeah. in, in spots where the penalty kill was not expecting them to be, and it made them really tough to defend because you could have all of a sudden Tori Krug on the half wall and somebody up running one of the points, and they were constantly moving around, changing positions, and it, yeah. it wasn't just necessarily centered around setting up Pasternak for one-timers or running through Pasternak at the faceoff dot, and it was, like, a lot different yeah. then. But I, I, I think – I see
1: some of that now. I would want to see more – yeah. I guess what I'm, th- I guess what I'm getting at is I probably would like to see more, see see geeky standing in front of the goalie. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. See
1: Freddie standing in front of the goalie. Um, if it's Jake DeBrusk, then it's all about his stick. And if there's a body there boxing him out, then it's then it's uh, then he doesn't contest it. Right. And 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 he's you know it' so it's it's stick it's movement with him. They need a more physical dimension to how they score in the power play uh is is because it because the rest of it isn't hot right now. Sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's not. When it's not, you gotta do something else.
0: I agree. Um all right, tweet of the week. And I think you're gonna like this one, Mick. Um I I kind of answered it that last week a little bit. So this one is all you you're gonna get to take the floor with this one, but I think it's right in your wheelhouse. Um Mac the fan oh two says I enjoy your podcast would be interested in hearing from you and your guests where Bergeron and Marchand rank among all-time line mates. Figure Gretzky Curry, Trottier Bossy, and Lemieux Yager are ahead in cups and points. Did Kane play regularly with Taves? Thanks. So there you go, Mick.
1: Yeah, c- people complain about Monty shuffling the deck. Hugh was unbelievable. Yes. He, I mean, I don't think the Blackhawks, I would try to chart them, knowing that they were at the end of the line if the Bruins made it and i would watch the first 10 minutes of their game and i'd be on page 3 trying to figure out what their lines are <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah boy i mean yeah i'm a bit of a reformed ranker but yeah, yeah they 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 belong in the pantheon of the greats absolutely I so. yeah i think I think, so. I think they do i mean um when i think about the great the great um two men yeah, I guess when the the as as the Gretzky Curry come along and and you and they are sure in the era where it's more about two guys and an interchangeable third rather than the magical three. Right. And uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, they're, they're definitely um, yeah, and and it's not so much about comparing numbers and statistics because you're not going to compare modern scoring to 80's scoring. Uh, with he, not just those guys, but any guys, um, yeah. uh, but yeah, I, and then and then I think of um, uh, the big moments and how they've come together game seven in Vancouver, game seven against Toronto. They, they, it wasn't just what you can um, algorithm out of them, it's it's what they did to show up when it mattered. Uh, I thought that they, they, they were all time, all time great. T- And the longevity that they've managed in our era to have for so long said, Bergie, take care of this guy, you know, make him, make him uh, into an NHL player for us. And, you know, the last few years, Marshy was the driver, you know, Bergeron was like the big brother watching his, his, his uh, little brothers run around the rink while he, you know, on their skates while he was in his boots and just sort of like, oh, I think I'll go here. I think I'll go there. And just, you know, he just did whatever he needed to do to facilitate them, whatever that was. Uh, it just the the relationship on ice and hockey morphed, as I'm sure their friendship did. Um, so it was it was a thrill uh, to be part of that to watch it all evolve for a dozen years here. Incredible.
0: And I think uh, like all good duos, uh, like all good partnerships. And it was funny I, when I asked Patrice about that yesterday, just like what he thinks about, you know, all the stuff that he's accomplished on his own and the, the things that he did in his career um, that he's recognized for, like, what? how does he feel if, you know, cause I think inevitably when people talk about Patrice Bergeron, they're going to talk about Brad Martian and vice versa. When they talk about Brad Martian, they're going to talk about Patrice Bergeron and just, sort of being thought as a duo together uh, in most instances, you're probably going to be talked about in that respect. And he said, I'm honored and it's a privilege and I love it. And he said, I hope people think of us when they think of us, they think of us as a duo together and they think of like one with the other. And yeah, I I think that's, that's part of what made them special is is that kind of mentality and how happy and privileged and uh, lucky they knew they were to be playing with each other for as long as they did. And also, like any good duo, like any good partnership, um, they were bringing different things to the table. And I think their different strengths and weaknesses brought out the best in the other one. You know, I think Brad Martian sometimes brought Patrice Bergeron out of a little bit of an introverted shell sometimes. And, and, you know, he brought a little bit more of sort of a a carefree attitude, uh, you know, to, to what they were doing. And I think Marshan and Bergeron definitely brought uh, a little more discipline, a little more maturity, like all of that stuff, out of Marshan, a little more control to his game at times when he needed it, um, and a little more poise at certain points, and and you know all of that stuff. And I I think they're very different personalities, but they both were good people, uh, obviously good players, and you know had a strong desire to be great and you know, be as good as they could be and to win and and to be good team people. So like all that stuff together, turn them into this great, you know, partnership that I think is the best duo, certainly in Bruins history. And I think we'll rank up there with now. Do they have as many cups as those other guys that I mentioned, the Gretzky, Curry, Tradier Bossy, Lemieux, Yager? No, they don't. Uh, They went to three Stanley cup finals. They won once. I think if they had managed to win in 2019, we're probably talking about them like very close to all of those other pairings, and and re- I think they might be like a half, so one dud of a hockey game. <laughs> What's that?
1: <laughs> one dud of a hockey
0: game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but it's a big one when it's Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final. That's not when you want to have a dud, right?
1: No, um, no, you don't. On the other hand, uh, so like legacy if, if wise, all the history unfolds the way it d- d- does, and yeah, and the fine lines are what they are.
0: So, so le- legacy wise, I think that's always going to be there when you talk about them. Is it, you know, you wish they could have won one more together um, when they were all together as a group. To solidify
1: their place in history, I think, a last year, way more than 19. I didn't think they were ever going to get near that cup. And so the fact that they made it as far as they did. It was just incredible.
0: You didn't, was, but like as it was going on and you saw how wide open things were after the first round that season when all the big dogs uh, like were out, you're like, it's right. And there. the
1: authority with which they dispensed of the Carolina hurricanes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was
1: that was incredible the way they were checking them up and down the ice in the third period of that game to sweep that series. They looked, they looked, I mean, I you know what really kills me? The next year. COVID shutting down the league. And the Bruins had the President's Trophy wrapped up yeah. in March, early March, and and the league's got another month to go, and the Bruins are a lock, and and what a response season by them! And and it it'll always annoy me that the NHL decided. Uh, well, the players are probably complicit too because it meant revenue, and it means fifty percent, and it means you know we get the league back going. But to call that the Stanley Cup. For that season it was as long a gap as a full off season if not more and the bruins there was no way they would get near the the cup that that august september there's no chance that they were going to be in that tournament with any real presence
0: and absolutely uh, uh i agree and, Joe, and but that was the tampa bay right they ended up uh that was one of the ones they took advantage of so like yeah they
1: did they did and you know and dallas kind of announced themselves as a contender at that point too but again it's it's freaking beach hockey you know and they're a bubble it's beach bubble blanket bingo it's it's in calling that the Stanley Cup is just as embarrassing for the sport in my opinion
0: yep they were doing what they had to do to survive and get through the times but it people, was but yep.
1: people people complain about Kucherov and long-term injury reserve I didn't have any problem with what Tampa and I still think even though he led the 21 playoffs and scoring the Lightning going to win that cup anyway they were just the best team. Nobody was close.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, regardless of the circumstances, I think they were going to win. Um, all right, Mick, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, I think we did. We will end on uh, Bergeron-Marchand being one of the best duos in NHL history. Yeah, yeah right. And I'm not going to you know. put
1: a number to it, but they're in, they belong in that conversation. And, and uh, they had the big moments, and their longevity was there. Um, it was just uh, what a partnership. Who knew that it would last as long as it did?
0: Yeah, and they both should be Hall of Famers at the end of the day too and I think that's a, a no doubter once uh, Brad is done with his career. Uh Mick, thank you very much for joining us. Let's thank our sponsors FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh the Super Bowl is over. Uh the Chiefs have won. Uh I I was concerned for the health and well-being of Andy Reed when uh, Kelsey came over and almost knocked him on his butt there on the sidelines, but like, it was fun to watch, but it's over. But there's still plenty of things you can get involved with at FanDuel Sportsbook now. NBA and NHL, uh, plenty of things to wager on uh, now that we're, now that the Super Bowl's in the rearview mirror. So why don't you go to FanDuel, and uh, they have so many ways for you to uh, keep the season going with W's. Uh, new customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets of your first bet of $5 or more wins that's $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit Fanduel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS network, Fanduel.com slash Boston. And let's also thank Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Delicious meals ready in two minutes. Uh, elevate eating at home with their new upscale surf and turf and surf and surf, and surf meal options. Roasted Ooh. garlic, filet mignon, and shrimp, and Cajun spice, shrimp, and salmon. How does that sound, Mick?
1: I'm seriously getting hungry. I'm not making this up. <laughs> <laughs> see,
0: there you go. Factor Meals did it to you again. Head to factormeals.com slash HAGS50 and use code HAGS50 to get 50% off your first box. Mick Colaggio, thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks. Everybody, everybody out there, thank you for listening. We'll see you at the ring.